Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Blue and Gold, a Superman and Booster Gold podcast. So today, what I wanted to talk about, what's on the docket. Actually, let's back up a second. How about this coronavirus? It has, it is, bl- today I'm recording this uh, March 12th. So I'm getting ready to, I'll, I'll probably release it later today as well. But I live in Michigan and we've had two cases of Corona, Corona here in Michigan. And although I heard a funny joke that I bet Miller or I bet Corona wishes it was called Miller virus. <laughs> it made me laugh. But there's two cases in Michigan, but it's getting crazy in terms of everything being canceled, NBA canceling their season, NHL is canceling their season. It's it's getting a little wild, this situation. Um, not terribly worried about it, but I mean the, the mortality rate is fairly low relative, 2%, but that's 2% of who we know has it. We know a lot of younger people probably aren't going to the hospital to get tested. They're just flu-like symptoms. Now, if you're elderly, you do not want to get this. Of course, it's uh, that's not a high. That's not a risk that you should definitely stay indoors. We're all staying indoors. My work has let us work from home. But I don't know if we should be. If I should feel more worried than I actually am, or if it's getting. I mean, I don't want to say it's overblown, but. Oh my goodness, it is, it's interesting times, that's for sure. It's going to be an interesting next couple of months here in the United States. So that's what's been, that's that's what's been going on. Uh, hope everybody is staying safe out there and, and uh, we'll get through this, everybody. We'll get through this. So today I wanted to talk about, well, I was originally going to, I was always going to a little uh sneak preview here. I was always going to talk about the two issues uh Booster Gold Convergence miniseries that came out as part of the 2015 Convergence event. But for the Superman portion of the show, I had always planned on talking or for this episode I was planning on talking about something different, but as I was reading and doing some notes for Convergence Booster Gold, it hit me as an epiphany, although it shouldn't have taken as long as it did, that why don't I just do... I'm not a big fan of the Convergence event, but I do really like the Booster Gold uh, series. Spoiler, we'll get to that in a little while after the after the, the Superman portion. But all in all, the eight issues of Convergence were not anything to write home about. I'll probably never read those eight issues again. But the issue that I... The... Superman, it's highly relevant, and uh, for Superman, is the Convergence number zero one-shot that came out as a sort of a kickoff to the Convergence event, and that issue is awesome. So I'm going to get to that in a minute, and I'll do a little bit of a background for those of us to refresh myself and you listeners' memories about Convergence. So Convergence was billed by DC as... They were going to be moving from their New York offices, which where they had been forever, to California. The primary corporate um, offices and personnel, I believe. And at least what the line that we were given was that Convergence was 
an event series that was going to allow creators to take a break or for the company to to put this out while they were making the move which by the way i don't know if i i don't know if i buy well i mean i i have no reason not to buy it i guess but it just seems weird like you're still putting out tons and tons and tons of issues it wasn't like dc comics said hey we're gonna take a break from publishing everything for a little while to let people move and to let us regroup no they said well we're gonna take a break from our normal titles and but we're still gonna put out tons of miniseries relating to convergence and eight issues of convergence or however it went to facilitate to help facilitate this move so it seems it seems odd but that's the bill we were given and so we were hip deep in new 52 at this point had been going on for four years and we got this event convergence and it was kicked off by this convergence zero convergence number zero and basically convergence was a, a a reason for dc to revive some of the their their classic properties and not classic properties, but some of their some of the dust the cobwebs off some of the continuities, um, bring some pre crisis, post crisis, but pre new fifty two characters and just sort of what have they been up to? Although there's some caveats to that because we're not picking back up right with what's going on with with um with with characters we haven't seen in a long time take take lois and clark from the burn the burn reboot which uh triangle era the we we caught up with them and it actually is what led into this convergence event led into they had uh lois had john in the miniseries and that sort of led into the Lois and Clark miniseries, which then led into the whole Rebirth era. So I guess I guess Convergence is kind of important from from that aspect in terms of kicking off what we have and what came after and the fantastic Jurgens and Peter Tomasi a couple of years we got because Bendis eh, he is not cutting it. I had I think I mentioned this in the previous podcast, but I had to drop action comics it just was not doing it for me and i'm continuing to read superman but i am not impressed with bendis and we went from a fantastic run with jurgens and even more so with tomasi tomasi's run and what he did with the family dynamic and john and and lois and, and clark was simply fantastic and so i guess you could say that convergence was fairly important as I'm talking it through right here, because I have notes, but this is this part is off the cuff. And when you really think about the chain of events, convergence was pretty uh, important to getting us those those couple of years with with uh, with Jurgen and Tomasi and sort of uh, paving the way, leading the leading the way for what happened with the new fifty two Superman. So let me get into convergence number zero. This title or this issue is written by Dan Jurgens and Jeff King, and the art is by Ethan Van Skyver. And I have to say that I'm just going to gush about the art. I know Ethan Van Skyver is a controversial individual these days with political views and whatnot, but I don't 
really know too much about about that. I just know that he has some. He's he's become more of a controversial figure in the last few years, but and I can't remember much that I've read of his artwork outside or since this issue actually. But I did not know when this came out that this issue was going to be as sort of Superman centric as it was, but just how awesome, how freaking kick ass it is, and it all it has a ton to do with the artwork. The story is there too, but um. Ethan Van Skyver just nailed it. I think the pencil work in here and and the colors are, um, I the, the coloring is actually really well done as well. And that's by Marcelo Maiolo. I am not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly, and I'm not familiar with that name. But this this art is amazing. It's so, some of the best, and we associate Van Skyver with the Flash Rebirth and obviously uh, Green Lantern work. But he's done some, some some Superman work, and this issue, even though I am not a very big New 52 Superman fan, I read a lot of it, but will I ever return to, to it? I don't know if there's any particular storylines that I can think of. I may or may not at some point do a review of at least the first crossover and, and, and first storyline involving hell, hell. Uh, the character Hell, H apostrophe E-L, because I actually thought that character was pretty cool and was one of the additions to the New 52 uh, continuity and mythos that I thought worked well, but I don't think it went over very well with the fans, but I liked it. But in general, I was not a very big New 52 Superman fan. This issue, Convergent Zero, comes immediately after the whole superman doomed storyline wrapped up which was kind of a cool concept if if you read it and remember superman the new 52 superman was infected with the doomsday virus and was turning into a form of doomsday and this issue picks up right after it literally the issue opens with superman in limbo and wondering what was happening because at the end of that storyline i can't I did not reread it for this, but I think he's whisked away by Brainiac and he ends up in this limbo and he's not exactly sure what's going on. And that's where that's where it starts. And they, they, they just had to tie up a couple of loose ends, but it's not really important what happened prior to this. So one thing is going back to the art for a second is I wish this storyline, it would be a little bit more timeless if it wasn't Superman in the New 52 costume because the art is so awesome that it would be just you read it and you just know the timeline the timeline you're in and what Superman it was just because the New 52 costume does not make a timeless story even if you have maybe timeless or amazing art uh, not to say that you can't have amazing art within the New 52 but just you 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 know when you're being uh, you, you know the time and place it takes uh place in just because of the costume that superman's wearing and the double sp- i have to say so superman spends a few pages talking to brainiac about where he's at and the sort of outside of time location that they're in and it's a little confusing even on a reread I'd, it's a little confusing superman's chained up at the beginning and he's getting sort of a uh uh, 
just that he's 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 talking with Brainiac, who's giving him some sort of some sort of vague, vague um, some some villain mumbo jumbo basically. But and I can't even recall. This is a testament to how awesome I think the issue is, just as a single issue, because I can't recall this this particular Brainiac is much more omnipotent and galactic and a big presence physically and and psychologically and that and he has a different look than Brainiac has had in the past although you can still tell it's Brainiac he's got a cool he has a cool look to him this sort of uh more golden look to him but he still has the traditional three three dots on his forehead that let you know who he is but there's a double page spread this this Superman or this issue is sort of a love letter. The, I, the way I read this issue is that it's sort of a love letter to Superman and Superman's history while trying to kick off a new storyline because we get this fantastic double page spread with de- depicting various, not all of, but most of the major deaths of Superman. We have the death of Superman by Doomsday, uh, Earth to Superman dying in Infinite Crisis the death of Superman from the pre-crisis um, issue number 149. You got all-star Superman. You got Superman lying, all the various Superman lying at the feet of Gog from the kingdom. And it's a really cool image. And it reminds me of, of sort of a celebration of Superman's history in the way that, and and also sort of stating that even though this is this is the Superman we're following here is a new fifty two Superman, but it really reminds me of Doomsday Clock, where it it sort of makes the point that all timelines matter, and because a universe and a character's continuity was rebooted for that the storylines still matter, which I've always subscribed to. A good story is a good story. It doesn't matter if it lives inside a. Uh, monthly floppy or if it's a one shot if it's an elseworld a good story is a good story that's how i approach things i i don't really get to and and i don't ever feel like i've ever really gotten too hung up on continuity because there's always multiple continuities going on at the same time and as a comic book fan i've just gotten i've just been ingrained in that and, and it's just i'm used to it and if what's going on in the current comics isn't my favorite thing well then there's other older issues that I like, and so I don't get wrapped too wrapped up in in terms of what's going on and various continuities and what happened to my Superman. Your the, the, the Superman that you like or I like or anybody likes is still there. Whatever made you like Superman in the first place, that medium exists. If you liked him because of the movies, and you don't like what's going on in the comics, well, you still have the movies, and so that's 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 my thing. Um, but I'm also, I've learned, especially listening to a lot of other podcasts and sort of being ingrained in the Superman fandom that I am not a picky Superman fan. I can sort of go with the flow and see where a creator is going to take the storyline. For instance, there's a lot of individuals who are really upset with Bendis about what he's doing with the, with the truth storyline and exposing Superman's and Clark's identity or having Superman tell the world he didn't get exposed. It was his own choice, but having it become public knowledge, a lot of people just didn't like the premise of it and they dropped the book and so, and, and so on and so forth. I, 
don't drop it on the premise. I want to see where an, a writer and a, takes the storyline. And so I'm reading. So when I say I'm not a fan of Bendis, it's, it's, it's not in theory. It's not, it's not that I don't like the premise. It's that I literally am not enjoying the stories all that much. And I give, I'm giving them a, them a chance. And then I want to learn for myself if I don't like it. Because I don't have a single... Even though I am one of the biggest Superman fans that there is, I don't I'm not so rigid that I have a definitive version of Superman. I sort of just like the character globally and I I like a lot of iterations. I love Earth the Earth One, the angsty version, and I love the John Byrne and version and I I love the Boy Scout version. I love the the and and I can find things to appreciate or I and I give them a chance. Now, with that said, I've already said here that I'm not the biggest fan of the New 52, but I gave I gave it a sh- I read it all. Um, I dropped out a little bit after Grant on Action Comics after Grant Morrison left and there was um Lois I followed a little bit, but after uh, Lois I think I got became was uh, taken over by Brainiac. And so there is like a storyline here or there that I missed out on in terms of more recent comics. But in general, the point I'm trying to make is I'm not such a rigid Superman fan that I can't appreciate and give things a chance. But getting so getting back to Convergence Zero, this issue really makes the case years before Doomsday Clock drove it home. But this the, this issue in and of itself is more important, I think, than it gets credit for. I haven't heard people talk about Convergence since the event was pretty much over. But this issue really drives home that all continuities exist and your care, and it can still matter. And it, it was just cool. Like, this is a particular... I would love to have this as a piece of art for uh, the wall. Just this, splash, this double splash page of the various Superman deaths. And so Superman breaks out of sort of the prison that and uh, the holding uh, um, and the chains that Brainiac has him in. And he meets Telos. And we learn that we, we, we learn that Brainiac has Superman on this planet outside of time. And the planet has is, is basically sentient. And has created a body for himself, and he treats Brainiac as his master. He's and he's he's sort of a disciple of Brainiac, and he's the planet, but he's also this humanoid uh, that Superman is interacting with. And it gets a little convoluted, but basically, what the awesome thing is is Telos doesn't really know how he wants to manifest himself, and so throughout the whole issue, we're getting different different looks and iterations of telos making himself look like brainiac and so we'll get the um brainiac the look of the brainiac from from the milton fine version from post-crisis and we'll get the 60s version that is just he's the only thing missing is coco on his shoulder and believe it or not you have the superman in the animated series version here and Telos just doesn't know how he wants to look. He he basically idolizes and and wants to to impress um, Brainiac, and and he sort of thinks he is Brainiac, kind of, or he knows he's not. But it is a little confusing. But you can follow it well enough. But the 
I'm just blown away by the art. And the storyline is really is a setup where Talos is just trying to explain to Superman that he has um, various cities from the various realities on this planet. And that he's Brainiac, the the main Brainiac, has collected the cities doomed in their timelines to investigate their merit. And that's the key, investigate their merit. They're, they're setting up the Convergence event, which is a reason they want to smash together two, rea- two, two universes that might not work. Uh, for instance, in Booster Gold... You have uh, the quote-unquote vanishing point is what they say. But, you know, Booster Gold's world is interacting with Skataris. And I'll get to that in a minute. But, or you have, um, I'm blanking. I think you have Flashpoint, Superman, or Flashpoint and the uh, post-crisis, post-crisis Superman. Um, you, you, you had these worlds interacting. Uh, you might have Lady Quark's uh world from that i'm mostly familiar with from crisis on infinite earths interacting with legion of superheroes for instance i'm not sure if that's the exact but in general they're the 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 setup is taking these worlds and seeing which ones are worthy of remaining and they they the cities can't be released until they prove themselves worthy and brainiac has gone to get a city like I forget how this plays out in Convergence, but in in this issue, Brainiac has gone to get to get Metropolis from the New Fifty Two Earth and hasn't returned. And right at the end of the issue, Telos des, uh, decides that he can't just be a manifestation of one of Brainiac's forms; he needs to be unique as well. He needs to be unique, and so then we get Telos at the end, who looks just like a different variation of Brainiac, but it's a really cool. Really cool visual, and there's a there's a page. It's not a splash page, but there's about a half. There's like a, a third of a page, a th- uh, panel, like a single panel that takes about a third of a page, that has all the various maniacs on it. You got the pre-crisis uh, humanoid version. You got the pre-crisis uh, machine version. You um, the Milton Fine version. The Jeff Johns. Jeff Johns version, the Superman the Animated Series version, the version that I associate a lot with, um, with with Alex Ross and Jim Kruger's uh, Justice storyline, where we have Brainiac in a uh, in a um, sort of a surgical all white outfit, and that might have been an image and and um, from something else, but it really triggers to me the because Brainiac was the big bad in that Alex Ross, uh, Jim Kruger, uh, uh, Justice from uh, 2005 or, and six. It was That took a couple of years to come out. And so it wraps up with, as I mentioned, wraps up with Telos becoming his own. And I don't think he's, I'm not sure if he's actually named Telos in this issue. If he calls, yeah, I don't think he actually calls himself uh, Telos in this issue. But then you get at the end, you get about 10 pages uh, going through all the different Earths that are going to be part of part of Convergence, thirty first century Metropolis, Bizarro World, Earth Two, Post Flashpoint, Earth C minus, Fawcett City, Earth S, the Justice Riders, Continuity, 
Batman Beyond. These are just some of them. The Metropolis of Earth 3, Earth 4, pre-Zero Hour Metropolis. So you have all these continuities, and they're going to be competing for who's the most worthy. But I, so as a wrap-up, this issue's amazing. I think the art, I have zero complaints about it. It's written by Dan Jurgens, so this is obviously a heavy Dan Jurgens episode um, because he was also involved with the with the Convergence uh, Booster Gold. And so I recommend this. I hadn't read it in a while, but it just, the art just blows me away. I keep coming back to that. But, and it's, it's as, a, as a Superman fan, it's basically a love letter to the histories of Superman and it sets something up. But to be honest, it sets something up that I'm probably never going to read again. I will probably never read the conver- actual Convergence 1 through 8 again, but I will reread this and I will reread the Convergence Booster Gold 2 issues but so it's it's set up that I don't ever actually follow through on because that was basically forgettable from what I can remember. All right, so let's move on to the Booster Gold portion of the show. So with the Booster Gold portion, I've already given it away what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the two issues of Convergence Booster Gold that came out in during the Convergence event during uh, 2015. And one thing that I wanted off the bat is that this, I and I can't remember about the Future's End, the Future's End uh, one-shot that I talked about on a previous episode, but the Booster Gold uh, title font is the title font from volume one not the volume two booster gold and so they've sort of gone back a little bit to using that as the 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 volume one the volume one title title header instead of uh, the volume two i'm trying to picture the future's end in my head and i believe it's the volume two volume two but the uh, I, I i i like both versions i think the volume one where the s is a dollar sign is uh is really cool it sort of you know tells you the you know in his early days booster was about it all about that money and the fame so that's 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 an one thing i had that i did not put in my notes but while i'm sitting here looking at the title and the issues that i was like oh yeah the the title font is from volume one so this convergence um came out a full seven months after the Future's End one-shot. These have cover dates. These two issues have cover dates of June and July 2015. And the Future's End one-shot had a cover date of November 2014. Now, the interesting thing is that Convergence as a whole, as an event, made that Booster Gold Future's End one-shot make so much more sense. When the Future's End one-shot came out, we had no idea what was going on it did not make a lick of sense it had nothing to do with it had nothing to do with future's end and so it actually is part one like you could think of convergence booster gold as basically being three issues with the future's end one shot being issue one and then these two because they all read 
and they pick right up the convergence picks right up from the end of that future's end and so it makes much more sense it made way more sense having read like once you get to con the convergence and know what's going on to then read the future's end so but i already covered the future's end in uh, our previous episode last year uh late last year or fallish last year and so i wanted to go over this and and this I was originally, as I said, was always planning on this episode to talk about these two issues for Booster Gold, and it just made sense that there's such a Superman-centric issue of Convergence to just roll it into, you know, include both those and just sort of make this a Convergence issue, even though I'm not a giant Convergence uh, ad advocate, as I mentioned, I'm not a fan of the primary issues one through eight of the series at all. But there just happen to be there's a, you know my two favorite characters have issues pretty kick ass issues that are related to this that are related to this series, and so I was going to I was originally I, it's not always the plan to have Superman go first that's how I've done it so far but I wasn't always gonna I'm not always gonna have the Superman segment of the show come first and actually this episode I was going to have the Booster Gold portion of the show come first but then when i made the last minute decision to talk about convergence number zero because it's so superman heavy that it just made sense to do it that way just because that's how the story goes and that kicks off that kicks off the event and so it just made more sense to do convergence zero followed by convergence booster gold let me just start off by a funny anecdote, which is only going to be probably interesting to me, but I'm going to say it anyways, is that, so I've, I've had these issues down in my podcast room, the podcasting room for a little while, knowing I was going to talk to them. I have a pile of comics here next to, next to the chair that are where I sit and do the podcasting and getting like a couple of weeks ago, getting into the chair to do something else. I lifted up the chair and I brought it right down on issue one's cover. Ooh, I was so angry at myself. Uh, I, it was in a, it was, it was, it was bagged and boarded, but when you put the full weight of, you know, I'm not a small guy, I'm not a big guy either. I'm just an average size, um, average adult male, but you put that weight down on a, you put a, a leg of a folding chair, um, down, which by the way, I, I need to get a better podcasting chair, but you put the leg of a folding chair down on a, on a, um, comic and it's not going to be happy. And so forever, because I probably am not going to replace this, but forever I have uh, indentation. The the bag and board took the brunt of the took the brunt of the weight, but the issue itself, issue number one, got a little damaged. So I'll have that nice little keepsake to remind me of whenever I, in the future, ever ever pull this issue out. So this issue, as I mentioned, picks up right at where the end of futures. And the Booster Gold Futures End left off, and Booster had just the the New 52 Booster had just given away the location of Vanishing Point to save his save his sister um, Michelle. And at the beginning of issue number one, we get a very brief, super brief origin of Booster Gold, the New 52 Booster Gold. What is it? Two, four about four 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 pages i mean it's it's super brief and booster beat meets up with rip hunter at the beginning although this is new 52 booster meeting up with post-crisis rip hunter and they find out they're in skataris 
which I'm not a big fan of Skatarus. I don't know much about it. I've never read Warlord or probably the most amount of Skatarus I've ever read was in this miniseries. And then Demos from Skatarus and Warlord was one of the big, a big character in Convergence. And I found it really uninteresting. I didn't care. And what I read during Convergence did not make me a convert to Skatarus. But we don't spend... We don't spend a ton of t uh, time there. There is a really cool splash, pa uh, splash page, although there's a couple of small panels at the bottom, but basically a splash page with a lot of the time travelers in the DC universe. And it's just a cool page. It's got, and Michelle's there, and the Argus booster uh, who showed up at the, in, in the uh, Justice League International annual is there. You see Monarch up there, and you see various other. You see the Red Beetle up there, and it's it's um, oh the Time Trappers there. So that's that's a pretty cool splash page, and they new new fifty two booster and Rip Hunter let out um, Michelle and Argus booster, and they get and so um, they let them out because they, they were being held in. They were being held in the, uh, they were captives in Skataris. And I gotta say that I'm gonna, I'm giving a lot of praise to, to this issue, but there is a couple of caveats. And, and so one of them is that I don't recall, and, and, and I don't know if it was ever explained, um, where the Argus booster comes from, the booster that shows up, who's clearly from the future. Not, I don't mean the future, like the 25th century, like Michael in, is but I mean you know the 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 future the near future uh, maybe 25 15 20 years ahead of uh, either the post crisis or new 52 continuities because I'm not sure which where this well he's he is the he's supposed to be my understanding is that he's the post crisis booster that is then like the conceit of this is that he's interacting with his new 52 counterpart. And as I'm saying all of this, it's making sense to me and I'm sure it makes sense to a lot of you out there, but I recognize just how, if you were just listening in or you, or if you are listening to this podcast and you're not following along that, how just confusing this convergence event is, it is steeped in DC. Certainly you need to know what's going on or, or you're going to be lost. And I, even I get lost in certain portions. I'm like, where did the Argus come from? And I don't think I think I think it was a mystery. One of the mysteries of Booster that was never picked up on, and it's just probably a story that was intended to be told at some point, or maybe it wasn't, and we're just never going to learn. Um, if if listeners, if I'm missing something, and you know where the Argus Booster, who was who first showed up at the end of that annual and then faded out of existence, and then is part of this. Con if you know where that Argus booster comes from, let me know because I feel like I missed it. The big bombshell that we get in this issue is that the Argus booster is dying from all the accumulated chronal energy. And so that's it's a big deal because the Argus booster is supposed to be the, our favorite, you know, our those of us who love booster, it's the post-crisis booster just in his own future then he's working with Argus or however, but it's the, it's the booster that we know. And we find out in this issue that he's dying that gets, it, it, you find out what happened in issue two. I'll get to that in a minute. And 
you get they they get out of Skataras and they end up on the they find out they're on you know they they're not sure what's going on but they're on this they're on the planet with all the cities the trap cities from Telos and they end up in the city that has a legion of superheroes and they um and then right at the end of the issue you find um Ted shows up and you're like what Ted's here and they and so you're, you're like oh we're gonna get a cool some cool booster ted cord interaction in the next issue and then at the end we get a sort of a cool double page two pages of two pages of a little bit of catching us up with booster gold in terms of where he comes from a little bit of his history and even here we aren't told who the argus booster is it just says that booster was greeted by an older alternate version of of himself and I had almost forgotten this part, but he, it, it says here that the weary time traveler warned his younger counterpart of a coming threat that could wipe them from existence. He said Booster would need to stop Superman and Wonder Woman from doing something. I don't think that's ever even followed up on either. So there's there's some hanging things, some, some, some hanging threads. So it's a testament to the writing and the love of the character that I still enjoyed these issues as much as I, as much as I did. So now if we move on to issue two... Oh, I, I, I don't think I talked as much about... Or let me go back to the issue one's cover. Issue one's cover is drawn by... So both these issues have covers drawn by Jurgens, and but the in, the internal art is by... Um, what is his name? The internal art is by the pencilers by Alvaro Martinez. Now, I'm not familiar with who that is. And I always get a little disappointed because in my mind... Booster Gold is written and drawn by Dan Jurgens. Now that's often not the case, but in my I always get a little bummed if you see like a, a prominent Booster Gold cover, but then the interior art is not the interior art is not Dan Jurgens when it comes to Booster Gold. And this this Alvaro Martinez isn't bad. The interior artwork is fine, but these covers, especially the cover to issue one, the cover of issue one is awesome. You get Argus Booster, um, a little bit older, grizzled. Uh, more wrinkles, uh, shorter hair on the right, and you get and his faces set side by side. So it looks like one person, but you can tell it's you know it's two different versions of the same character uh, right next to the the new fifty two. I assume it's the new fifty two. You can't see any more of his suit, so it potentially I get it could be a, even a different version of Booster, but it should be the two that we're meeting in the issue. So Argus and new new fifty two Booster on the cover very sort of not angry look on his face but a very stern looking right at the camera face uh from the basically from the from the neck from the deltoids up kind of from or mostly the neck up on this shot really cool really cool cover and then we get on booster the convergence number two I'm not as big of a fan of this cover still decent still still drawn by jurgens but i'm not a fan of the legion really and we got this and, and and we got uh, Jurgens drawing the Legion here, and I don't even know these characters' names to be honest with you. But he's also um, Superboy is there because uh, obviously Superboy is you know intimately tied with the Legion of Superheroes, tied in with Le Legion of Superheroes. On the cover, it is the Booster Gold from it's a new New Fifty Two Booster Gold, and. So this is where the miss the the crashing of universes is. That is convergence. You get Legion of Superheroes and Booster, um, and so issue t issue two 
has actually a decent variant cover, which I, I don't have, but you can find it online. Decent variant cover um, with done by Chip Kid. Chip Kid did a bunch of variant covers for Convergence, but they all had this theme. And the reason I'm not, I like it, but I simultaneously don't like it is because it's half the issue is just black or half the cover is just black and then it slowly cross fades into the character the and and um for the booster gold one's pretty cool but i'm i'm like why couldn't you've just done the whole cover like i don't quite get what they were doing with having that half an issue uh, or half a cover being being black it really was kind of a odd decision uh to me i don't know what I, i'm not sure what dc was thinking with that one so for the most part, this issue is dealing with the um, the Argus booster, our our our, our beloved uh, post crisis booster dying, and there's some really great interactions with Ted throughout. But it really is mostly just trying to deal with with uh, booster dying, and throughout the issue, he gets worse and worse from this this accumulated chronal energy, and at the end. Rips at at the end of the issue or towards you know the last third of the issue. Rip says maybe we can save Booster's life by taking him to Vanishing Point, and they take him there. And some of the other individuals are like, "Well, what's that Vanishing Point?" And they have a room of chronal energy that they put him in. And this was totally unexpected; wasn't spoiled at all or anything. But the dying Booster goes in goes into this room with chronal energy. And he comes and he comes out and he's transformed into they have to carry him in there because he's pretty much he's pretty much comatose at this point. And they put him in this room with coronal energy that's and he comes out as a as a wave rider. He's like booster gold wave rider, which if you remember the wave rider character and even I don't remember all the details of his origin, but he's was another creation of Dan Jurgens. He has this kind of flame hair, and his he has a gold. He had a gold body um, bodysuit, um, but his, his he basically was not. He was a humanoid, but he was basically also made up of time energy, chronal energy. And the original Wave Rider is this really convoluted thing with this character named Matt Ryder, and there's this future version of of Matt Ryder, an alternate version who gets merged with the time stream. And he's part of the linear men who lived at vanishing points. And that's where their base of operations was. I was first introduced to wave Rider actually in the funeral for a friend trade paperback for the Superman, uh, funeral for a friend trade paperback because I had, I wasn't even aware of the legacies of Superman issue that came out in between that period of the funeral for a friend and reign of the superman i had i was in uh really little at the time you know this is like 93 so i was third grade or something and i had didn't really have access to too many comics uh, other than what you can find at the spinner rack which i ended up finding almost you know all death of superman funeral for a friend and reign of the superman but it wasn't until a while later that i actually became aware of and and uh and found legacies of uh, the legacy of, of Superman issue, but that funeral for a friend trade paperback has two stories from that legacy of Superman. And what's cool is when I was a kid, I just thought they were kind of just Easter eggs. Like maybe they were done for the trade. I didn't know what they were from, but they were thrown into the funeral for a friend trade. And it has wave rider distraught, upset about Superman's death, rightfully upset. And he goes to try to, 
go back in time and save Superman. And then he has a talk with another one of the, the linear men and they, you know, they d- decide that they have to let history happen the way it happened. You, and, and it's kind of a touching story, but that's where I first be learned about, or was even familiar with the wave rider character. And then also he was a supporting character in the, um, Superman Doomsday Hunter Prey follow up to the death of, uh, death of Superman saga, uh, Dan Jurgens follow up to that, and I hadn't, I have not read a ton of Wave Rider outside of that. I mean, he's in some of uh, Jurgens' um, post crisis run, but he was not a character that I'm actually really super familiar with. But I at least knew him and I understood what was going on. And so Booster comes out and he's transformed. And now he's Wave Rider Booster, and it's pretty cool transformation, and the. This issue basically ends with the Wave Rider booster saying that he needs to go help with the Convergence event that's going on. And so if I recall correctly, this issue came out towards the end of the Convergence event. I think there was only one issue left. I think there was issue number eight. And I was like, oh, the shit's hitting the fan now. The big gun's coming in. I'm joking because Booster Golds, we all know. We, we If you're listening to this podcast, you, you love Booster. But you know, he's, he's a B-level character. I, I will not say he's a C-level, but he is most definitely a B-level character. So, but I was excited that uh, Wave Rider Booster was going to come in and play a big part at the end of Convergence. Uh, nope. From what I remember in issue number eight of Convergence, he shows up for like a couple of panels and that's it. And so that's where we end this this Convergence Booster uh, Gold two-issue miniseries. And... I'm a little bummed because it's a pretty good story and it flows really. I think this, when you couple it with future's end, it makes for, it's a really interesting story that I really quite enjoy, but it sets something up that I would have liked to have followed up on. There was, there has been no follow up at all to the wave rider booster storyline. There's nothing, nada. And that's a bummer. And we probably never will. Like I don't, this is where I'm going to go on a slight bit of a rant here with DC Comics because I don't understand. They understand that Booster Gold is a popular enough character that he's he's not forgotten. He's not Geoforce or something that he's just you know forgotten. If, I mean, if your character is Geoforce, good luck you know finding new things. I you know he might. Although right in if I'm like really off base here because I don't read the Outsiders um, nothing. So, but he's just the first C level character that popped in my head was Geoforce. But D, but boosters. So ever since 2011, when Volume Two ended, then Booster played a pretty big role. He was the leader of the Justice League International title, which which ran for just over a year at the start of the New Fifty Two, and then he's been pretty much MIA. I mean, that's not true. He pops up here and there. But what's crazy to me is a, is he's a popular enough character that he gets these one shots he got during during convergence he got he well he got, during future's end so in 2014 so 3 years into the new 52 he's popular enough that he gets his own one shot for future's end he's popular enough that he gets his own sp- special in in convergence two issue miniseries he's popular enough that somebody wants to use him for a specific issue of the Hanna-Barbera crossover. So he gets a really cool crossover with the Flintstones, which I'll probably cover on this show pretty soon. But he's, 
And then he's a big part of Heroes in Crisis. He had a pretty cool crossover in um, Action Comics just prior to, just shortly before Bendis came on. Right now he's he's teaming up, I, I, I guess, just because of they become they became they're they were linked in people's minds after Heroes in Crisis, but he's been interacting a lot with Harley Quinn and her title. So, so but he's not, he doesn't have his own title. I don't get it because he is popular enough to have these specials. Like you'd think if you're going to forget a character, if a character's if a title is not selling well, which by the way, Booster Gold Volume Two wasn't a great seller, but it was not at the bottom, near even close to the bottom. Um, and so it just was a casualty of New 52, unfortunately. And But he, he gets these one-shots, which you wouldn't think that if you're popular enough that they are going to bank on you, your character, sort of driving sales of these one-shots. Maybe maybe I have it ass backwards, and they were testing the waters to see if they thought he was popular enough. So they'd put out two issues of Convergence, uh, you know, an issue of Future's End. And then, you know, he's he crosses over with Batmite, and he has... He crosses over with Jonah Hex. He, maybe they, maybe they've just tried multiple times. Maybe I'm just off base, and they've tried multiple times to see if there is interest. And instead of instead of maybe I may, so what I'm trying to say is maybe my thinking is backwards. Where instead of the character is so popular that he that it warrants him having these miniseries, maybe they're trying to see if he's popular enough, and they're real willing to take the gamble on these miniseries and one shots and guest appearances and things. And it just doesn't it doesn't pan out, and so they don't move forward with the title. But oh man, I would love to have a uh, Booster Gold, some some dedicated Booster Gold Volume Three. Bring it on, come on! But for now, you know, I have there's lots of comics to cover, um, lots of lots of things, and I and I enjoy the 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 thing that maybe brought me back after the, my like four year hi, hiatus, and the 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 little thing in the back of my mind about always wanting to get this podcast back up and running is it just the love of the character but not wanting to be so rigid that i have to follow because the original mandate of my show was going to be cover anything of superman that i wanted but i was going to start out booster gold volume one issue one and just work my way up through his continuity and discuss things but it just didn't allow me the creativity and the flexibility to just talk about what i'm feeling passionate about in that moment to for this episode i wanted to talk about convergence for whatever reason i i that's what i wanted to talk about if i was forced into talking about something that I'm not passionate about in the moment, then it's going to lock me in. And, and, but the, the, the structure that I've given myself for this show is just talk something related to Superman and something related to booster gold in a single uh, episode. And so that gives me a lot of flexibility. So I, I guess I'll go ahead and end it there. Thank you for uh, listening to the episode. If you're hearing there's been um, it's, during it's it's still during the day and there's still um coronavirus email that i'm getting and about uh things going on with my kids and and working things so if there's been a couple of dings like if you've heard some some phone sounds i apologize but i had to be available to to see what was going on with some stuff we're supposed to have it's got canceled while i was recording this episode where we're supposed to have my sons and the cub scouts and he's supposed to have an overnight at the zoo tomorrow and that was canceled and it's been a whole thing so i apologize if if during the course of this episode there's been a couple of computer sounds or phone sounds you've uh, you've heard but i think you understand with them with what's going on right now you got to be aware of um what's going on you can't just 
cut myself off, even if it is for the hour or so that I want to record the show. But I got a lot of cool things that I want to talk about. Um, so follow the show uh, at Blue Gold Podcast on Twitter. I would love to get some feedback for this show. I have some listeners. I'd like to get even more. If you're enjoying the show, then let other people know. Uh, the show doesn't have a huge listenership. It's it's a passion project for me. So I'm definitely, I don't care how many listeners I have, but I would like to have more. So if you're a listener and you're a fan, leave me a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this, Stitcher, because it's the podcast is wherever you can find um or wherever you listen to podcasts, leave me a review. Send me some feedback. I'd really like to get involved and um, and, and have some listener interaction. Um, and, and you can email the show at bluegoldpodcast at gmail.com. And as I said, you can follow me on Twitter. I don't tweet a ton, but if I get start to get more followers and I have um, – and I get some interaction, then it becomes more fun. So then it sort of just, you know, it snowballs them. Um, but you can follow me also at blue gold podcast on Twitter and I will see you next time. All right, everyone stay healthy in this coronavirus world that we've found ourselves in this pandemic, this craziness. I'm still figuring out if I have a ending tagline that I want to have for the show, you know, the, a cool, Stay classy, San Diego, uh, Anchorman style sign off for the show. But I am so for now. I am going to because it's a, such a great message. I am blatantly going to steal from Jeff Kanata, the podcaster and YouTube host, um, um, co-host of Slash Filmcast. Uh, his sign off for his DLC video games podcast. So this is. I, this is blatantly ripping off, so don't. If you want to write it and say, "Oh, you stole that from Jeff," oh, I most definitely did because it couldn't be more apt and important. Think about what you put out into the world and make it a better place. <laughs>